So let's all get together and fight Cause you know it wouldn't be Christmas without black eyes Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, another kind of semi-surprise special holiday christmas episode christmas surprise right it's the time of year brian christmas surprise what is up jason's here i yeah (laughs) haven't figured it out by the sound of my voice uh yeah listen this was a holiday treat for me brian this this kind of got sprung upon us and it put us a smile on my face just in time for christmas how about you and it did, and it certainly made up for you know what's what's up with Zoom? What's up with the demons and Zoom's the Zoom being machine? crappy? It's being very <laughs> difficult. Is is Elon Musk doing some pirate? <laughs> I don't want to talk CEO about Elon Musk. Zoom, it's too. a crack a joke there. Yeah, it's 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 timely and appropriate. Yeah, but yeah, Zoom is giving us some problems but uh it all it all worked out it well like i out. said before the interview started when we weren't recording i think everybody at zoom hq took off for the holidays and nobody's right. there to run yeah. it no one's there and hard drives are blown up and <laughs> servers are shutting down and there's gremlins tearing out wires <laughs> well let's just get right into our guests uh we have a couple of guys from a don't call it a side project but there's a band called rufus off out of kentucky uh they did this record when you know they weren't busy with their other stuff but we're talking about greg martin from the kentucky headhunters and we're talking about jared england if you know about him he's got uh he's done a couple of records under the name of black mountain prophet these guys from kentucky of course and uh, this just sort of this, I think it's only been announced like a month ago or something that they were doing this, this get together show. Um, and Jambodians uh, in Bowling Green, correct? Correct. December 28th, I think starting at 630. Well, Greg goes through all the details there at the end of it. And we'll post stuff on our social media. But um you know, I didn't know a whole lot about Rufus Huff, Brian, and then I did a quick jam session, a bunch of music here, and they shred. Like Greg gets after it on guitar. That is a, a they're a rock band. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, like it's rock, heavy stuff. It's heavy hard stuff. rock, yeah, and it's yeah, great. Sure. Jared's voice is awesome. Greg, you know, Greg spreads his wings a little bit, shredding, and uh, pleasantly surprised. I dig it. I'm gonna have to find myself a physical copy. Yeah, they're uh, well. We'll hear a little bit about how we can maybe get one um so as you know when we talk to greg it's just it's hilarious it's a high speed chase down the freeway (laughs) quick turns off the exit back on um and it's great to see that vibe between him and jared a lot of humor in this um i don't know what else to say but just say hey you guys are going to enjoy our conversation with greg martin jared england rufus huff Yeah. 
here at the guest segment of this uh, sort of special episode of the podcast, doing two this week. And uh, Jason's going to tell you guys uh, who's with us. Well, Brian, it can't be the holidays if we don't have our holiday guest come back on here. And he's coming back on with his friend and bandmate, Jared England, to talk a little bit about a reunion show that's going on. Of course, we're talking about Greg Martin. Greg's here and Jared England to talk about the Rufus Huff reunion show that's going on. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good. Everything's beautiful in its own Greg, way. You were Can last you year. You, yep. You were on our Kentucky Christmas roundtable last year, if you remember that. Absolutely. And if you remember, I had trouble getting in that day, too. I <laughs> and right in the middle of somebody. The Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. <laughs> and you gave me that whatever that illness was, because today it was my turn to have trouble getting in. I know, man. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it was last year. I think last year I did it over on the other side of the room. I kind of got this room set up a little better now, you know. Well, that, but greetings. Guitars. I can, yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, holiday greetings. Merry Christmas. We got guitars, Happy guys. New Year. We got guitars yes. here. Yeah, that's all Is that a 335? Greg, is that a 330? Gibson 335 red, a red one? Or is that 345? Uh, yeah. 1964. Oh. That 1964, it belonged to... Uh, Travis Womack. This was on Osmond Brother Records. <laughs> it was on a lot of hit records out of Muscle Shoals. The 64, oh. that's a 62, 58 Les Paul, 57 Strat. And that's just that's a custom shop telecaster that I've had I've had several 50s tellies, and this is the best telly I've ever owned right here. Nice. I, I love it. Um, but oh. yeah, I, I, I sit in here, I've got my amps in here, and I got a cabinet out in the garage, and I I turn up on about 10 and, and wreck havoc on the neighborhood you know <laughs> well, jared i'll apologize i get distracted by shiny guitar objects <laughs> <laughs> yeah talk to jared a minute man hey man i get distracted by him too <laughs> he does so there's a rufus huff reunion so you guys said you had a big long story for us so we'd probably like to hear that and uh after talking about the reunion you know how, how rufus huff came to be so Whoever wants to go, please go. Start. <laughs> well, go ahead, Greg. Uh, okay. Well, Rufus, I'm not sure of the exact year, and Jared can correct me on this, but uh, I'm, I think the origins started happening around 2003, <laughs> 2000. Jared's showing six. Oh, well, here's, here's the origins of it, though. 2003, 2004. Right. Dean left Superfuzz, and uh, Dean was just kind of down and out, uh, looking for something to do. Not down and out. I'm not going to say that. Uh, we we just talked about putting something together. So I guess it was 2006 before we really solidified everything. And uh, man, it just started out as a little blues band. I don't know if. <laughs> he said left uh, the the first gig i'm not really sure about the first gig but you know i mean honestly there was no grand master plan to do anything other than play around bowling green and maybe louisville every now and then and uh lo and behold we started writing songs and songs started coming to us and we went in the studio and we started messing around there and it there was a sound and and lo and behold it's, 
2009 that happened you know so but you know the origins you know i think dean left super fuzz in 2003 or four i think and and then give me a minute i'm gonna put a dog up Greg. oh sure buddy um I think, see, Jared and Chris were playing with Dean a little bit in a blues band, right, uh, Jared? Right, blues band. Yeah, we'll let him tell you about that in a minute. But then, you know, then we started putting our, and me and Dean were jamming on the side. So they brought Jared into the fold over there, and that's how it happened. Now, I didn't know that Dean was in Super Fuzz, which is obviously another, you know, Kentucky band that's been around for, you know, X amount of time. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, back in, see, 1991, me, Dean, and Chris played with another gentleman by the name of John Martin. We had a, a little, kind of a little blues band like Rufus Huff. It, not quite as ferocious. It was a little different. Uh, and we called ourselves the Crackers. And we played around here. We played, we ended up playing in West Virginia, you know, and... Uh, and that was, that went to about 90, 1992, then the Headhunters, you know, the original Headhunters uh, imploded, as you remember. And, um, you know, we, I, had to, I had to take, a, at some point I had to take a break to put the Headhunters back together. And Dean and Chris went off to start uh, what would be known as Super Fuzz. And uh, so me and Dean and Chris didn't play together for, for quite a while. I mean, it was no hard feelings. I mean, we're all trying to pick up the pieces in different ways, you know. So, um, yeah. And so Chris and Dean were with Super Fuzz. They were the original rhythm section for Super Fuzz with David Angstrom. Yeah. So, Jared, how, how did you, what's your recollection of the beginning of Rufus Huff. And what were you doing before? I think, well, you know, like Greg said, 2003, 2004, you know, we were, we were all floating around in rock and roll place and, mm -hmm. I, and with uh, some guys called Blues Child, C-H-I-L-E, and, um, we needed a, a drummer. Uh, we had, one of our drummers had gotten sick. <clears throat> and when I was 14 years old, I played a, at a club in Bowling Green called Picasso's. And this, this wild haired freaky hippie walked up to me and said, one day I'll be, I'll be playing with you. <laughs> and, and he, and I looked at him like he was crazy. Well, that was Chris. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we, Chris ended up playing with us and well Chris ended up bringing Dean on board mm -hmm. and and, um, and somehow or not I, I really can't get into exactly what all happened I don't I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings so we'll just we'll just say that it was Chris and me and Dean Dean and I and then we, Chris said, you know, he was, I heard, overheard him talking. So we got to get a hold to Greg. We got to get a hold to Greg. I got a hold to Greg. And then we had a jam session up in Glasgow, the top of uh, backstage music. We went in the door and came out three hours later. And everybody mm -hmm. 
what the crap just happened. And, mm-hmm. and then, like he said, next thing you know, we've got, uh, we've got CD in our hand. And, mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of, a lot of cool little stories and things that happened in between then. We don't have time to tell tonight. That <laughs> <laughs> have to be part two. Yeah. So how does the reunion come about then? Well, I have no, there's been a lot of folks every year, not, not necessarily anything to do with Jambodians, but you know, we, Jared knows this. Anytime you post a Rufus Hub video on Facebook, you get all these people. When are y'all going to do it? You know, when are you going to get back together and play? When are you going to do another album? And, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of folks out there love Rufus Huff. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of people that really were into the band. And Jambodians is something that happens every year. The 28th will be the 22nd annual Jambodians since it started. And the past few, well, Rufus Huffman has played it, gosh, I don't know, Jared, four or five times, if not more. And that, that was some of the first gigs we did. Uh, then there was other times I played with uh, Jimmy Hall from Wet Willie a few times. And uh, the last time, yeah, the last time I played there last year, I played with Jimmy Hall. But I, Jimmy, here, here's, here's my, my thinking. Jimmy Hall has a new album out. And it's doing quite well for him. And it's really good. And all of us love Jimmy Hall. We respect Jimmy Hall. And I honestly knew if he was going to do something this year, he was going to need a band to work up his new songs. And honest to God, I didn't really have time to do that. But I thought this would be the perfect time for Rufus Huff to do a reunion. And everybody had already been kind of talking about it amongst, you know, the four of us. And, um, you know, there's never like a big bad breakup uh, to begin with. We we had some health issues with Chris, you know, and people, we just had to put the band on the shelf for a bit. And, uh, you know, Jared went to do his thing. And be honest with you, the Headhunters have gotten way busier than back in 2003 to 2009. We're just way busier than we used to be, I guess, because we know we're getting at the end, you know, we're getting older. We're getting towards it, not the end of it, but you know, everybody's going, okay, we got to do this. So anyway, I just, just, you know how everybody, you have a feeling, well, maybe this is the year we need to get together and do this reunion. And um, Chris's better half had been kind of pushing for it to happen. And I know one night on a, on a Facebook post, she said, you need to do it before it's too late. And I thought, oh God, that's that's pretty urgent. And uh, not that anybody, nobody's sick or anything, but I just thought, it just felt this year was the year to do it. I don't know about everybody else, but I think everybody else's antenna was up. And I just felt there was a spirit in there that said, do it. That's it. You know, no grand plan or anything. I, th- I just think our, our manager up above just said, you better do it. <laughs> the manager from above. Yep. That's right. I don't like to call it a reunion, though. It, yeah. Because, you know, like the other night, 
when we were together, I mean, even the first, I mean, it was like, it's like we had just finished a, a show the night before or something. I mean, it was like, you know, I, I thought, has it really been since 2011, you know, on my way home? But um, I don't know. I, I hate using that word reunion. We never broke up. We just took a little vacation, I think. Mm -hmm. Hiatus. Uh, what, what's the word? Uh, when you when you go off onto a, I don't know. You're right. A little vacation. I, I think hiatus is, hiatus is right. If I think about the Black Crows who often have hiatuses, I think that's the right word. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's right, man. So you're not broken up. You're just not playing. No, no, it was never, never no hard feelings whatsoever. There was a time we had to take a break because of Chris's health. And uh, Chris, yeah. went, I, well, I'm not sure what year it was, but Chris went through a pretty rough spell there for a while. And honestly, I was more concerned about doing this. Would he be able to do it? Well, he's fine. He sounds great. I mean, from the first note, it sounds like Rufus Huff. You know, we're not as loud as we was. We'll fix that, though. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll happen. Jared, do you like do you like over the, like singing over the loud or what? I tell you something about about it is. Uh, <clears throat> I know why Led Zeppelin and the Who and all those guys played like it. It just uh, that's just part of our that's part of our sound. I love it. I mean, I yeah. none of, none of the other bands that I've ever played with, and none of the bands that I will ever play with will be that loud. But there's something about the, this band. I don't care how loud it gets, and I just don't. It, there's something about that Les Paul and that Marshall and the way Greg plays and the way Dean and Chris are just, they're just one. And, 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 and I'm like, I'm, I'm like the Grinch in that movie where he's going around <laughs> through there and they're feeding him all of those cakes, cookies, and, and he's feeling sick. And then the next scene, he's like, is that all you got? <laughs> and, and that's the way I feel with these guys. I'm like, <laughs> Or how loud it gets, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I'm deaf anyways. What about <laughs> Turn it up. Well, you know, I was listening to your album, yeah, album today, and there's a lot, Greg, there's a lot of shredding on that. You know, you talked about you wanted to do more of a blues band, but it's, I mean, to me, it's more of a rock band with blues influences because you're getting after it on guitar. Well, yeah, Rufus Huff is a, you know, it, it's a different animal within itself. I had a, you, as you know, there's another band I had back in, uh, I played with, well, Richard Fred and Anthony and myself called Itchy Brother, which is very similar, similar yeah. spirit. Uh, Rufus Huff is a little more, um, you know, uh, what's the word here? They're both, Itchy Brother was a band that should have made it. I mean, honest to God, it should have made it back in the 70s. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we're stuck in Kentucky and we tried, but, but, you know, Rufus Huff will we, we'll stretch out at a, any given moment, you know, and, and, and actually Anthony and Fred had that same capability of doing that. Uh, Dean and as Jared said, Dean and Chris are, are like one. Uh, we do good morning. Little, I mean, you never know our rate. We have arrangements, but they're never, never quite the same. So, you know, with the headhunters, it's, as a, uh, it's a song driven band and they're really good song. Not that our, our songs are good too, 
but that you know the, with the headhunters you when you play out live you got either you could have if you're opening for somebody you might only play 30 minutes 45 minutes and most generally you play maybe a 70 minute show 90 minute show and you only have so much time to play so you don't really get a chance to really stretch out musically and uh, and that's what we do we stretch out we don't uh and honestly everybody uh, when we got together i mean obviously we we're trying to remember what we did before but you know we've grown a bit we've grown older that's for sure but but you know there was a, a nice calm spirit within the the groove which i really enjoy and but my shredding is not like uh, Eric Johnson or Joe Bonham sure. or like that. I, I mean, I re respect those guys that can do that. Uh, so, you know, shredding, when we work shredding is like baby bears porridge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Right. Or shredded pork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, man. But Rufus Huff's a fun band. We have fun. Everybody gets to stretch out, you know? Yeah. I was telling somebody today, I was telling somebody, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll make this point. I was at D93 today for a, a get-together, and uh, we were talking about playing music, and uh, we're, and I said, well, now, with the Headhunters, you know, I've got Richard Young is a great rhythm guitarist, and we both play rhythm off each other. Uh, now, with, with Rufus Huff, it's you're, you're having to hold down rhythm and lead. And I can, I can, <laughs> my rotator cuff gets a little bit sore the roof is up. You know, I can tell. I may have to get a steroid shot here pretty soon. <laughs> well, you know, tell me a little bit. You guys haven't played together for a while. What is that first practice back together like? Thank you, Jared. Well, it's like I said, said a minute ago, um, um, I was like Rufus Huff, you know. Uh, I, I mean, when I, you know, when I walked in, as you've seen that video, whenever Deep Purple gets back together, it's like in 1980, 81. And I think a Perfect Strangers album. Mm -hmm. They go in and they all walk in, and I think, I think uh, Ian Gillen says, you know, uh, it was like we never left, you know. So that's kind of. That's kind of the way it felt, you know, felt to me. Um, um, here's the thing. You you don't, uh, Greg knows this. Hell, I learned it from Greg. I, I learned it from all these guys I look up to. But bands get good when they play live. Yeah. When you're out playing, I mean, you may already be good, okay, or, or got what it takes. But playing out live is where you, you start to, it's not really reading each other's minds. It's just you've done this enough times. But playing live and being on stage is where the rubber hits the road. There you go. And That's you exactly what I say. We can do it. And yeah. I felt that. And I know we got it. You know, and I think I think that as far as the way it felt that night, I, and the next time we jammed and the next time and this next rehearsal that we'll have, it, you know, it's yep. It just fun. <clears throat> As rock music should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jared hit it on the head, man. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's the exact phrase I would have used. And um, there's just an inerrant sound when we got together. It was there. You know, obviously we're in a different room. We either 
back in the day, we either practiced above the music store over at Jared's house in his uh, music room or over at Dean's, you know, and we're, we're in a big old room, concrete room now, which is a little sonically, a little different, uh, a little, a little harder stuff to contain the, the, the loud. It gets a little loud there down to Jared, just a little bit, but yeah. The sound is there. I mean, that's the thing about Rufus Huff. You know, it's just, it's like Coca-Cola. It's like the Headhunters. You really, or, or Rufus Huff, or any really band that's been together a long time, you can't take an ingredient out or it's not right. It's just like when they tried to reinvent Coca-Cola back in the 80s and yeah. they took the one ingredient out and they ruined it, you know. Yeah. And that's just the way this band is or the Headhunters. It's like Pepsi. Yeah, it was it tastes Pepsi? like Pepsi? <laughs> okay, it wasn't Coke. So Coke. No, Coke no, no. It tasted. Like, it was Coke. It was new Coke, but it tasted like Pepsi to me. Like when I drank, it, was oh, like, it tastes like it. Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's, you know. it's like it's like he said earlier about Itchy Brother. Mm -hmm. uh, those guys, when you when you put them all together, it was all those all those vegetables. It was either a good salad or it wasn't. Uh, it's the same way with the headhunters. All those guys are great together. When you put them all together, it's a great band. If if one of them in there is not so great, then it ain't a great band. It's the same way with Rufus Huff. You take us four and put us in there together, and we make whatever this Rufus Huff thing is. That's you know, it's all. I don't think. I, here's what I think: If you took one of those ingredients out, um, it's not going to be the same. And I think that, uh, you know, wh whatever it is that it takes to make this great sound we make, it's all there. And it's still there. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yes, sir. You know, when we play when we play on the 28th, we may we, we don't have as much time as we'd like. But but, you know, and, and maybe we won't be as comfortable. But God only knows who knows what's going to happen. But. I know the sound will be there and I know it'll be good. And I know it, it was supposed to happen. So, uh, you know, the, it's, it's about the inerrant sound, you know, uh, of the four guys, uh, same thing, like I say, the same thing with the headhunters or, or itchy brother, you know, there's, there's just, a there's just a spiritual thing that happens when you put those four spirits together, you know? So if I have it cracky, Greg, you said that like Rufus have started, uh, headhunters on are on hiatus was rufus huff more of a you know less to do with the music business was it more of a some guys people they say they'll have a, like a side project or whatever and that's kind of like their you know their summer vacation kind of vibe of a band was that was you would you would you guys say that rufus huff was you know more not burdened by like you know you know music business stuff Office. Oh, absolutely. There was initially there was no aspirations of music business stuff going on with Rufus Huff. I, I guess I'd have to liken it to Warren Haynes, who would be playing with the Almond Brothers and mm -hmm. him and Woody decided they want to put Government Mule together with Matt. And initially they were just having fun because I remember the Headhunters playing with uh, Government Mule on one of their first gigs in Atlanta. And because we pulled up on the bus and I hear these guys playing just got paid today, but ZZ Top and it was government mule. And, you know, initially, I think they were just uh, you, 
Dean Smith is a great, great trio bass player, just like Anthony Kenny was. They both have this. They, they, you can put them in a four-piece band with two guitars and, and they play great, but their forte is playing in a trio. And and I, same thing with Government Mule. They were when they were the trio, and they're still great. They're 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 one mm-hmm. of the greatest bands ever today. They just keep getting better. But that trio with Woody, Warren, and Matt, they were just real special. And I think they were just on the bus one night listening to Cream and Hendrix said, hey, uh, nobody's doing this trio thing. And that that's kind of what we do. But but, but now with, with Rufus Huff, I, I would think that uh, in Dean's mind, I would be more like uh, Dean, Dean really loves Cactus, the group Cactus, you mm. know. And so I think, you know, with the Headhunters, even though everybody loves rock and roll blues and that band and everything, uh, everybody had different things, whether Fred's working on the farm, buying tractors, Richard working with Blackstone Sherry, or, uh, and actually I think at that time when Rufus Huff uh, got together, Richard was really starting to shop Blackstone Sherry around and the handhunters weren't as busy. For some reason, we weren't as busy at that time. So I had more time and we just got together and started jamming. I, I don't really like using the word side project because it's really a, Rufus Huff is a band. It's mm-hmm. got its own heart and soul. You know, sometimes side projects in Nashville are just like one time, two times and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, like I said, when we first got together, I don't even know our first gig, Jared. It may have been Jambodians or mm-hmm. we, we did a lot more gigs than we realized. I think it was town. What do you think it was? I think we went up to Elizabethtown. But that's one of the first ones. It was a benefit for John Mitchell's son, Travis. Absolutely. You... Hey, that brain sales coming around, man. I'm starting to remember things. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the first gigs. Absolutely. One of the first gigs. We played a lot of gigs. And that, and that's, a as, as Jared said earlier, that's a big part of, I mean, that's a huge part of any band you know, the, the maturation, you know, the maturing, you, you gotta have that, you know, you gotta, uh, you've gotta get out in front of people. You can rehearse in the basement all day and that's great. And you can write, but until you get out in front of people, you won't form a personality. But it, like I say, when it was formed, it, it was, it was just a good excuse to play the kind of music that I know Dean loves, uh, Jared, Chris, and we all love, you know, and, and that's, uh, a combination of maybe early ZZ Top, uh, Cactus, uh, oh my Lord, so many, but Montrose, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, we don't get too modern, honestly, you know, we, we uh, if we cite our influences, I think we go back to, to, to Humble Pie, to Cream and things like that, you know. Definitely. Yep. So I've spoken a lot about how, you know, how much I appreciate love obsessed with the Kentucky rock and roll, you know, element scene, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's back history to Itchy Brothers, Tail Dragger. Now, Jared, mm-hmm. I have to give you credit because when you were on here the first time early on, you were the first person that ever mentioned Otis to me because I'd mm-hmm. always ask everyone, you know, tell me about a band that I may not have heard of that's great. And you had mentioned Otis. So I, I got to give you great, great, great credit on that. And I have this message that we, you from back when we were chatting about stuff and you go, yeah, the Otis kids used to follow us everywhere, even use our practice place. 
I'm assuming you're talking about about uh, Rufus Huff. So that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Plus, uh, earlier when you said "baby bear, baby bear's porridge," that sounds like a good name for a Kentucky band. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. I like it. Sounds like a jam band. So, can man, you, have yeah. you, you were talking earlier. Have you? Do, do you any of y'all like to fish or hunt or play golf? Yes. I, okay. Let's just say that. Uh, you know, you were going to go fishing one day and you were under pressure and you had to catch a fish or you had to kill a deer. Or you had to get a hole in one. Can you imagine how the fun just disappears from that? That's mm-hmm. kind of the Rufus Huff thing. It's it's my golf game. It's my yeah. it's it's me fishing. It's I, I don't have to catch nothing. It's just fun. And that's what it that's what it was from the beginning and that's what it is today i don't think nobody's ever really expected anything at all out of it just to have a big time i think that's that might be the secret ingredient to why why it's so good because yeah. you know we're not we're not out there uh we don't have our targets on anything you know we're just we just have them when 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 whoever it was i don't even know said hey Let's do the jam podium. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have some fun. I'm not going to work it. I'm not working on this. I'm not working on that. I'm not writing this song for this. I'm not doing this or that. I'm going to go do what's fun. And I, and I think that's what the, because I can see it in all the guys, every one of them's faces when we're playing. I know we're having a big time. I know we are. And that's what it's about. All, all these bands, Otis, uh, like said earlier, hit the heads. Um, you know, all these bands, if, you, if you're not out there having a blast um, and having fun at it, you're not going to be any good at it, probably. And, and it's yeah. not going to come your way, you know. Is there yeah. uh, any particular story or anecdote about the Otis kids following you guys around? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, they were. Jared, I can't remember what they were originally called. It was a. They had a different name. And then all of a sudden. Dean Smith gave him the name Otis. Yeah. He suggested the name. And really, people think, well, is it uh, Otis from Andy Griffith? Is it Otis Redding? No, it's not that at all. It, uh, there was, believe it or not, Louisville had a great rock and roll scene back in the 60s and 70s, which influenced us down here a great deal. And there was a really good band in Louisville called Otis, uh, headed up by Denny Lyle, who was a great writer. Look up Denny Lyle. I didn't know that. Yeah, Denny's a great writer. He's passed on now. But but about five years ago, uh, a label out of Mississippi re-released his first album. But he had this really cool band called Otis. And, of course, the band is long gone. And... Louisville bands always had the coolest names. It was Elysian Field, uh, Otis, Buster Brown, which was a big influence on bands around here. I, and it, that's, Buster Brown is pretty much where bands like us, Itchy Brother, the Headhunters, that's where we spring from, really. They're the hendricks of the local scene. They started at Boogie Blues thing. There were really good bands before that. There was Us Incorporated, Soul Ship, and other bands. But uh, Buster Brown brought that 
that dangerous rock and roll when it meets boogie and blues thing together. That was Bobby Ritchie, Kenny Lee Smith, Rico Thomas, and uh, Steve Holmes. God bless Steve. He's still with us, but he's having some health stuff right now. But that's that for around here, that band right there is, if it wasn't for that band, it probably none of us would be doing what we do, you know, and Otis is a big part of that. Otis is just carrying the torch. Uh, yeah, they used to show up at rehearsals. They would show up at gigs. We'd play at Tid Balls, and it wasn't unusual. There was a little side window next to the stage, and you would either see Boone and John Seeley looking in the window, along with Concert Jim, who's another character, you know. And they were they were really influenced by Rufus Huff and the Headhunters, and uh, you know, just by the way, folks, they're, they're still. They're going to come back, and when they come back, they're yeah. going to surprise the crap out of you. Yeah. Boone told us. Boone told yeah. us. Yeah. They're, 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 I mean, hey, they're not. They have not gone away. Uh, I don't know if Boone wants me to tell you this, but I'm going to. They they found him a really good drummer, who is solid as a rock, and there's another guitar player. And I've I've heard a couple of things, and yeah, they're coming back. So they haven't gone anywhere. Uh, and you talking about Tail Dragger? which is my stepson's band, John mm -hmm. Dean plays with them. And, uh, you know, they've got a new CD in the can. They don't get to play out live very much, but you know, they're another band that springs out of this area. There's a bunch of bands, Blackstone Cherry. You, you guys know the deal. More Brian. You, yeah. yeah. He was talking about Buster Brown. If you, if you're a musician or have a band in, in this area, this part of Kentucky, You've got Buster Brown in you, whether you know it or not. <laughs> right. That's right. The the Wikipedia says Buster Brown was an American glam metal band from Louisville. Well, let me explain that to you. <laughs> That's what that. Let me explain that. Let me explain. Does it mention Johnny Edwards? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, the origins of Buster Brown is around 1969, and it started out of three guys from Glasgow. Kenny Smith, Bobby Ritchie, Steve Holmes, and a Louisville fellow by the name of Rico Thomas. And the original Buster Brown was not glam rock. It was blues rock. And what happened at some point in the uh, late 70s, Steve Holmes, you know, the band, like a lot of bands, you know, they, they fold, they break up, or they morph into different things. And there was a time in the late 70s that Johnny Edwards had joined Buster Brown, great singer, by the way. He, he sang with Foreigner and different people, really good and great guy to boot. And uh, uh, Kevin Downs, they had a trio. But at some point, they when Steve Holmes left the band and they added James Kotak uh, and Alan Phelps on guitar, they turned into a heavy metal band. But it wasn't anybody from the original Buster Brown. So there's two different facets of Buster Brown. There's the original Buster Brown band that we know about, uh, blues, boogie, and rock put together. And then there's the, the more Louisville bass that it morphed into. And uh, Ronnie Montrose actually produced those guys. So, yeah, yeah, there was, there was a version of Buster Brown that were quite good for what they did, you know, in the 80s, really good. And... Uh, Ronnie Montrose loved those guys, but now the band that really influenced us was uh, Mark One, Buster Brown, that that version. Yeah, it's kind of like Fleetwood Mac, the original. Yeah. 
Green. Yeah, the, the Peter Green Blues one, and then the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're both you great. know which one we're pulling at. <laughs> yeah, they're both, they're both great, man. They're, they're both great, and there's nothing wrong. You know, the the the, the heavy metal Buster Brown. I don't even know if that's the right word. Uh, man, they they came really close to, to hitting the you know grabbing that gold ring. You know, and they've just about did it. Um, I don't know why. And a lot of people didn't they, Greg? What's that? Didn't they play with Skinner? Some do some shows with Skinner. Oh, I would tell you a story one time about him and Ronnie Van Zandt hanging around swimming pool together somewhere down in Georgia. Are you talking about the original Buster Brown or the second? Oh, the original Buster Brown played with a lot of different people. You know, Ted Nugent, ZZ Top, different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just never. You know, back back in the day, back in the late '60s, early '70s, uh, Kentucky just wasn't the greatest rock and roll capital of the world. There was no internet, and the only way you could really make it in rock and roll was to get out of Kentucky and go to New York, L.A., or Atlanta. And uh, Exile was the only band that really broke that mold and, and hit it big. But when they hit it really big they kind of turned into a disco rock band, you know, and I have to say as exile, one of the greatest bands to ever come out of Kentucky. I mean, they're on the same level with Buster Brown, you know, that they, they were just great. If you ever saw the original exile, the rock and roll version, the rock and soul version, I mean, literally they were, they were, they were amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. When you mentioned James Kotak, is that James Kotak that was like in kingdom come and, Yep. Scorpion. Oh, geez, yeah. really? Yeah. James James used to, when the when the Itchy Brother used to play soundstage back in 77, 78, James used to come down and watch us, and he was just about 15 years old. He started with a band. The first time I met James, he was playing with some guys I played with in Louisville. He was in a band called Home, and then he went from Home into some other bands uh, and he played with Buster Brown. And of course he went on to play with kingdom come. He played with uh, uh, scorpions for years. Right. Oh, is wow. that the right band? Yeah. I played with so. scorpions for years. James is still around. I saw him at the state fair about seven years ago. I hope he's doing okay. What was that other band? Is it Elysian field or Elysian field. That was Elysian a strange field? band. Yeah, Legion Field recorded for Imperial Records. Now, if you listen to what they recorded on Imperial Records, it was nothing like they were live. They were a power trio live with a guitarist by the name of Frank Bugby, who was great. I mean, if I, if I hadn't seen Frank Bugby in 1968, I wouldn't be playing today, you know. And uh, But but they, they, there's records out there and there's music out there, but it doesn't really represent the band. Uh, Louisville was a really hotbed for rock and roll. NRBQ shot out of Louisville too, you know, Steve mm -hmm. Ferguson, Terry, Terry Adams and those guys. And it all had an effect on this area here too. This area has a sound right here. If it goes to Louisville, it gets, you know, it gets next to the river. It changes. Lexington has got a whole different thing going up there. It's mm -hmm. more college oriented, you know, a little more college oriented, except for tail dragger. So uh, Jason was mentioning your guitars earlier there, Greg. Oh, you got all those Marshall heads uh, <laughs> over your right shoulder. No, I, the thickness, man. No, we were. He's making a pitch, Greg. He's making well, a pitch. I know where you're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fortunately, we uh, we had Charlie Starr on for a second time, and 
he was talking about uh, uh, <laughs> these Marshall Plexi heads, and he, I don't know if he said like he had one and he doesn't. He was looking for one, and I go, Oh, brother, Greg Martin's got a bunch of them. He goes, Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get him to sell me one, but he likes them all too much. <laughs> what was he say? What did he, he say? Said, I said, uh, He's looking for another Charlie's looking for like more Marshall Plexi's. And then I said, uh, Yeah, brother, Greg Martin's got a bunch of them. And he goes, Yeah, I know. I, I've been trying to get him to sell me one, but he likes them all too much. <laughs> That's true. That's true, man. I, I don't want to get rid of my. I've got. Later, likes them too much. I love them, man. I mean, I mean, there's a few back here. There's some. There's some Germinos here too, but yeah. I've got them sit in another room too. But I love them things, man. I mean, it's yeah. I don't want to get rid of them yet. <laughs> Poor Charlie Star can't even get one of those from you. Oh, Charlie Stars! I think Charlie found <laughs> one or two here recently. I, I talk to Charlie every now and then. God bless him, man. I, I think about them boys a lot. I know they're they're going through some yeah rough yeah. waters Brett. right now with yeah. Brett. You know, yeah. love those guys. We've known those boys ever since they they used to open up for us. I think y'all know the story there. They opened up for us many years. They were doing more covers back then. I remember getting on stage with them somewhere in Ohio and playing a an ACDC song with them. <laughs> you know, way back. This is before they were really writing mm -hmm. and. It, you know Charlie Starr and the boys are they're 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 great. Love them. Yeah. He can't have my Marshalls though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell him. <laughs> Jared got one of them. Yeah, I've got one in there. Yep. Dean Smith's barred two of them. <laughs> He's got two barred right now. Sure, you get them back. Uh, Jared, oh, did I, I hear that you were on the podcast? Earlier, Brian, is that right? Did I hear yeah, that correct? I think it was the eighth episode when we were talking about this Black Mountain Prophet stuff. Yeah, I see. It, I was like started on the 13th episode, so I have no idea what the heck happened before I joined. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's happening right now tonight, brother. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is, it are, you ready, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> <laughs> it's now I remember. Jared's been on the podcast. I hear I thought you were a first-time guest because, lo and behold, I didn't go through and listen to every podcast up to my first appearance on the show. Jason, Jared got on here first. He had no problem getting on. You and yeah. I had trouble getting on, so he knew what he was doing. Somehow. I don't know it last time. I, I don't think we did the video thing, though. I think we did audio, right? We, that was we, were, it. we were doing Skype then. Oh, oh. I, that's right. Skype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been a couple, three or four years ago, I guess. It's been a while. Yeah, was, yeah, almost three years ago. Yeah, get close to that. Man, we got to figure out the anniversary date, Brian. We have to celebrate like the birth of this podcast. <laughs> you should. Yeah. You should. It's good. It's good, man. Listen, go, ahead, Jared. Sorry. I just said you need to have the uh, a the best of. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've thought yeah. about that. You'll pick out all your your crazy. Uh, cool interviews and just take some little segments of it and make a you know an idea. the best of oh there would be some good ones Jason and Brian didn't we uh, really get into a big discussion about disco we did yep. we yep. did <laughs> I, I'm sure we we probably uh, some people are like scratching our heads on that one <laughs> <laughs> we get a we lot of disco discussions one of the best was when we had Richard on and we were just chatting and all of a sudden he like there was some message on his laptop i can't remember what it was and he's like 
you know, he tossed over, boys, what does this mean here? And we like, we're also, we're talking about like the technical aspects of the, of Zoom and stuff. And that's I Richard. Was, sure. That's funny. That's Richard. God bless him. We've, hey, we've uh, been blessed with talking to a lot of cool people, though, and a lot of cool ideas, Jared. I like that. Like, maybe, you know, if Brian gets really bored one day, he can go through all the interviews and take out all, like, the, these little snippets. Uh, the Headhunters played uh, the Grand Ole Opry Friday night. Yeah. And we played with, of course, Ricky Skaggs. He's a, he's so amazing. And I know Jared agrees with me on this. He's, he's just freaking amazing. Uh, well, it was, I've ever tried that. What's that now? Ricky, Ricky Skaggs. I went to see him, I don't know, about six weeks ago up in Renfro Valley. Mm-hmm. And every, I'm not kidding, every song I, I cried through. I had tears in my beard. I couldn't, I couldn't believe oh, it's deep. the emotional, the emotion, they, they were just unbelievable. That's all. It, it's deep. Well, uh, I, I interviewed Ricky few weeks ago it's been a while now for a magazine it should come out early next year and i've got we we talked seven hours but i've never been yeah i've got seven hours on my computer of me and ricky just going back and forth and (laughs) hey and at the end we're singing we're praying actually praying you know about the interview like that it'll touch people he's a very very good christian devout christian and he what i love about ricky he don't know musical boundaries. I mean, he might play with, uh, oh gosh, he, he would play with anybody from Jack White to, uh, oh gosh, he plays with everybody, man, you know? Uh, it, he's wide open, but he never loses that sense of his mountain heritage. He's still got that deep mountain soul. And uh, I, he's, a, he's a, a Kentucky treasure. Kentucky and the, treasure. Band, the band is unbelievable. Yeah, they are. Yeah, sure are, man. I always but, also hear great things about Marty Stewart. I, th- I can't remember. Oh, was well, was, yeah. That, I think it was that goes on Jewell that posted that you went to the show and it was really well, good. Well, they're, they're maybe the best. I just don't want to call them country because they're way more than country. I've, I've known Kenny, Harry, and I don't know Chris Scruggs, the new bass player, but I, we've known Marty a long time. And they're one of the best bands out there. I mean, they're just amazing. I, I was there the night Steve saw them. And me and Kenny always, you know, the guitarists, we always talk every every uh, time we can. And our conversations are always centered on cream. <laughs> Eric, Eric <laughs> cream. It's weird. But they're deep. They're very deep. Vince Gill's deep. Patty Loveless is deep. There's, there's so many. Steve Warner, who's from Russell Springs up here, he's amazing, you know. Uh, there's a I re, there's a lot of folks I really respect in country. There's a lot of people I just don't know much about, you know. And that that I guess there'd be a lot of folks on the CMA awards. I just don't keep up with it anymore. So I'm just stuck in my own world, you know. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, you think about like yes, Gene Autry and the Sons of the Pioneers and Roy <laughs> Rogers and all those guys. What they think about Hank Williams and what Hank Williams think about this one and yeah. what they think about Vince and it could, you know the country catch what they think about the headhunters and, right and- oh yeah, yeah I got I got some good stories well you know the funny thing about Gene Autry if you study Gene Autry go back to his original recordings he was a blues singer mm. uh, he sang blues and there really, you go 
Good blues. <laughs> Did you know that, Jerry? Uh, he you know what? Really good no. acoustic blues. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that till a few years ago. Of course, I knew that. <laughs> you didn't know that. Oh, so, okay. Oh, well, you probably did. Now, Bill Monroe, we know knows he had blues in it. But, <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, yeah, even Vince, I, we talked about, you know, everybody, we, like when we first hit the market, you know, in 89, you know, people were scratching their heads. We didn't know what Bill Monroe thought. But we know Bill Monroe really liked us a lot once his royalties came in for uh, Walk Softly. He liked yeah. us a heck of a lot more. And he really did warm up to us but tom t hall didn't like us at first until he met us see a lot of the guys didn't really like the headhunters they were looking at the hair and thinking we're a bunch of wild banshees but once they got to know <laughs> us they go well we're just alike their hair is just longer that's all <laughs> you know that's all it was well i always say like uh you guys the headhunters you guys are a, a blues band a blues rock band yeah, you know, and you do country too, but I, there's probably a good amount of people that, that just think you guys is a country band. And I always well, gotta, they, like it, emphasize, hey man, those guys are a blues rock band. Well, yeah. the, the brand is synonymous with country. You know, I mean, when you think a lot of people think Headhunters, they they go back to that first album, which I thank God that He gave us that first album, and I think everybody, I know everybody in the band feels the same way. Uh, they gave us a, a life and a purpose and a career. And, uh, mm -hmm. but people do think a lot of us, you know, they, they hear us a lot of times they go, and they don't sound the same. Well, we can still do the old stuff, but we'd have more, a bit more into the, the heavier Southern blues rock type thing a little bit. Uh, yeah. Richard, sing, Richard sings more of that, that type stuff. And Doug, Doug can sing anything, you know, he can sing anything. Uh, but Richard does bring that to the table, which uh, what he used to do in Itchy Brother. But the uh, Headhunters is one crazy mixed up uh, burgoo, <laughs> so to speak. You know. Well, your last album is that's a fact, Jack. Is a very much rocking album, and in fact, and it has one of my new favorite holiday classics on it. Let's all get together and fight. Yeah, so, man. thank you for that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love well, that. There a song on there called that. Yes. Yeah, it's about fighting together and fighting. Yeah. Jared, you got to listen to it. It's you about Christmas. It. It's it about, about Christmas. I've it's about real Christmas with your family. Like what really we, happens, not the Hallmark stuff. We did it on Hee Haw. Uh, Hee Haw. I played Hee Haw. That's years ago. We did it on, <laughs> we did it on the Grand Ole Opry the other night, actually. That was oh, one that's so good. But thank you. Thank you. But hey, man, we're just all products of being from this area, you know, Every you know, Jared grew up in. He grew up here in Glasgow. He grew up around Itchy Brother. Uh, that was quite a music scene. Jared knows about a lot of guys like Kenny Weber. Uh, he can mention names. You know, he was around and uh, this area. I, my parents were from Midcalf County, but I moved back to Louisville uh, after I graduated in '72, and uh, I really got acclimated with the, the, what was going on in Louisville. But there's just such, there's a really neat thing that happens when the music in, in this area right here, I don't know what it is, but it, it has a sound. And Jared, Jared wrote a song about it on one of his uh, albums. Uh, so what, what's the name of the song, Jared? It, in the Water? Something, something in the Water. In the water, yeah, that's what it's about, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's not talking about somebody peeing in the water either. 
No. <laughs> we, we peed in a few creeks, haven't we, Jared? Not a baby Ruth floating in the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Great Caddyshack reference. So something in the water. We've all, hey, we've all peed in the creek, I guess. <laughs> you know so, what? I'll say this. If you're from this area, you have surely peed off your back porch. <laughs> yeah. On that note. You're not country unless you peed off your back porch. <laughs> well, I, I need to plug uh, Jared's uh, Black Mountain Prophet yes, records. Because uh, that Something in the Water is off Notorious Center and Tales yep. from the South is a, I, just a spectacular record as well. Yes. My favorite of the two, but those are great Mine records too. for anybody Mine too. Wants the, to check that, that first out. one. I didn't know what, you know, I just hadn't, uh, well, I'll just say I, I, the second record's my favorite record. Yeah, I, I love so. the first record, but the first record's really two records. Uh, it should, you know, it's, it's, I'll just go on record and saying it, the first record's two records. It's half of it's more of a humble pie, Paul Rogers type uh, feel, and half of it's got a darker side to it. Uh, and it was just, I think, uh, it was just a constant pull with me. I was on both sides of that. I was in a dark place and I was in, uh, you know, I was trying to pull my way out of it too. And it ended up being what it was. I, 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 I hate, you know, I hate to say it, but I would probably go back and do some things different, but, but I would have gone back and done some things different on the, on the second one too. Hell, you don't really you don't really know what it's going to sound like, you know, until here's what, here's what happens with me when I'm in the studio and I'm working on a song and I'm working on the song, but hell, by the time that thing's mixed and it's done, I'm tired of it. I want to hear it and I'm not going to listen to it anymore. And then one day I'm going down the mm -hmm. road and just for instance, uh, Tommy star plays one on, on the radio station and, uh, and I'm going, golly i can't believe i did that you know and so i'm i'm I, but i beat myself up on that i'm i'm worst critic in the world on me but yeah it was it was two different records on the first one i think and then and then the second one i kind of honed it in i'm i'm more of a southern blues type you know guy it's what i i love to do and and mm -hmm. that's that, you know that second and plus we pulled chris back in on that mm -hmm. one he, he come in and drummed with us on that and he had had a surgery and, and uh, he was back in, in good health and he had something to prove. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I thought, well, you know, uh, the Huff's not doing anything. Greg and them's doing something. Uh, everybody's busy. Everybody's yeah. This would be a great yeah. time. Get Chris in there and, and let him show that, that he's not, he's not finished yet you know and that's actually if you listen to that first song on that record that's i said i told chris in the studio man the first thing i want these people to hear is your voice because he didn't have one so he covers that hole up and he goes one two three four and that first song kicks in and man when i heard that i was like i don't care what the rest of it sounds like that's that's <laughs> made my day there so yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. Throw that little bit so, in there. This is about the huff. Let's let's let's. No, man. Hey, that, you know the thing is, these are important things that happen in the interim. That's fine, Jared. You should talk about your project. Dean Smith has been playing with Tail Dragger. I had a little blues band on the side there for a bit, and uh, 
unfortunately the you know the the drummer with that little band um steve holmes who played with buster brown he's he's got some health issues going and that you know everything happens for a, a time you know it, it, it happens for a reason it strengthens your character and makes you uh go into different directions the huff is huff that's what it is man you know you're not going to hear put on a huff album and someday you know and, and hear a journey <laughs> <laughs> nothing against Not journey just, by the way right. Not, down by no means you know a hey, stone in love is a hell of a song <laughs> hey man listen journey's a great band neil sean yeah. uh joe perry are amazing at first uh you know if you go back to the first three journey albums i guess it's the first three they're more of a, a progressive rock band you know uh and then when that one album the first album they did with steve perry the songs became more focused and they 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 found themselves and yeah they're great great band Stone and Love yeah what about that guitar solo on that is that amazing or what it's a, it's probably my favorite out of the, all the Journey songs so it's a great song let's uh, let's uh, plug the gig when where uh, where do we get tickets who else is on the show sure well Rufus Huff will be playing we won't say reunion because we've all been around and but we will this is the first time we played. We know at least 2011, 2012, we'll be playing at the uh, Jambodians Holiday Bash, 22nd Holiday Bash, believe it or not, on uh, December 28th, Wednesday, December 28th, at La Gala Circus Square, uh, 601 State Street, and uh, tickets are $30 in advance. $35 at the door uh, in the region. Locally, you can get the tickets at uh, Tony Lindsay and Company, uh, the Mellow Mushroom, or you can go to sunray.org, which, uh, Brian, I will find the link for that. You can okay. post it somewhere. Sure. Uh, and you can actually order tickets online. There's a way to do that. Jared may know the link for I'll that. Send it. I'll send it to you here in just a Thank minute. You, Jared. okay. Jared's good about it. Uh, and, uh, oh, I'm Madison's good with this stuff. <laughs> so, very smart. And she's a... How old is... Never mind. We, we, let me finish. <laughs> Madison is pretty amazing. Uh, doors are 530. Uh, we played third, and that was by request, because I just... Normally, what happens at Jambodians, if you play last, everybody... They're, they're older crowd, and a lot of people just yeah. leave. They, they get tired, they leave. So yeah. I knew... And it's a Wednesday night. People got work. I knew that we needed to play early in the the, the set. Like so, we're playing third. Uh, we're playing. Uh, Jimmy Hall will be there. Dixie Line, a really good band, uh, headed up by Tommy Johnson. They'll be there. Andy and the Rockers, I believe, will be there. Uh, uh, Bad Navigator, the Josephines, and uh, there'll probably be some surprises. Yeah, the Josephines. They're they're yeah. another local band and uh that, that there again next it'll be wednesday december 28th in bowling green it'll be time to rumble <laughs> wednesday, <laughs> wednesday, wednesday 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 wednesday, wednesday. 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 sent me a message tonight and said that he thought that we would you know these things never quite work out just right but he's he's looking at a like a projected time at like 750 Okay. It'll be a little later, but that's that's a good place to start. <laughs> oh yeah, I think is that's it a good streaming time. at all, or is it all just in person? 
Uh, no streaming. Okay. Uh, it, it's all in person. There'll be somebody, I'm sure, filming it, but, but not streaming as we'd like to see it stream. But it, it'll be fun, man. I mean, hey, yeah. it's going to be a fun night. I hope the, the people that, that, that can come will make it out. And uh, I'm sure this is not the, you know, we'll get together when we can, you know, right, Jerry? <laughs> this is not, you know, we, I know that, I know that chris is very capable i was con a little concerned about chris in the beginning i, I you know and i shouldn't have been because he's laid it down and he's, he's there you know well, I mean, when somebody goes through something like he went through you can't help but yeah sure you know to, to wonder yep he went through a lot he went mm -hmm. through a lot he's with us mm -hmm. jason we're, do you have any closing comments or questions Yes, guys, I do have a couple quick questions for you. Then, for fun, Greg, you know, we do a lightning round. I'm going to do a abbreviated version. Jared, sure. just some silly, couple silly questions. Okay. All right. Holidays. Give us one of your favorite rockin' Christmas songs. And Jared, we'll go with you first. My favorite rockin' Christmas song. Yeah. I'd have to be Jolly Fat Man by Rufus Huff. There we go. <laughs> That's a good one. I think it should be everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you have one? Well, you know, that's a good one right there. And I, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to take it to something maybe I grew up with, guys. You know, uh, you know, I like I like Chuck Berry's version of Run Rudolph Run, of yeah, course. So good. But then, yeah, Jolly Fat Man, and let's all get together and fight. Let's all get together and fight. That's what I was yeah, waiting for. Yeah, I hear that. Hey, you got to think, though, man. Jolly Fat Man's been around since I was in second grade, and I was 52 years old. That was His mother that wrote was the a, lyrics. That was a uh, Christmas poem that, that I was supposed to write. So my mother, she's a when's this do? I'm like, tomorrow. You know, I had like two weeks. And so, I mean, in five minutes not even that she wrote that first verse of that song yeah and then when we got in the studio we, greg and i'm talking about doing a christmas song and that's when i wrote the next two verses and tweaked the first one a little bit and that's yeah. that song's been in I, i've been that song's been in my head ever since i was in the second grade you know, so. <laughs> yeah his, his mother billy she she wrote it you know right i mean oh kinda, man yeah she's she can <laughs> That's where I get, I think, a lot of the. Yeah, the you're rock. great, and you, you, you know, you know, that's the good thing about this band. We can come up with some music, Jared. Now, Chris helps you sometimes, or did in the, early. You y'all had y'all. Sometimes I like to just call Chris, and 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 he doesn't know what I'm doing it, but I'll call him and I'll ask him a certain question about something, yeah. you know, at the bottom. Yeah, that's and, right. And then all you gotta do is just sit back and. Heck, 20, 30 minutes later, you've got enough information there to go put it in verse, course, verse, course, solo, verse, course form. <laughs> and and those songs that we, we, we on our album, uh, you know, the ones we wrote are about things we know, things we grew up with, people we know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, Run Rufus Run, which is track three, that's a bluegrass song. That's a bluegrass mm -hmm. song by Dale N. Bradley. And uh, I just heard it on the radio out of Louisville one day. And I thought, God, that'd make a great, that, that's like a, a Kentucky version of Copperhead Road. And I said, that, I think it'd be good for Rufus Huff, you know, run Rufus run or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, 
But anyway, I know I've done deviated from what we we're talking about. So what's what's next? I'm sorry. <laughs> All I'm right, sorry. Greg, we'll start with what you. Was first. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? Greg, Greg is such a good guest because he he can tell a story and talk. So we don't have to sit there and like poke and prod. It's always hard when you speak to people who are less experienced. They don't, you know, they can't carry well, on. And Greg, we never have a problem with you. <laughs> Well, you know, there's, I've done a lot of interviews in my life and, uh, the one guy interviewed, God bless him. Here I go again. <laughs> Veering off. The plane's going to crash. Uh, Johnny winter, God bless him. But I, I interviewed him three times and, and honest to God, I, 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 I would lay out the question and I gave him too much information. He'd go, yeah, that's right. That'd be it. <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't engage i'm like oh god i really want him to engage yeah i want to learn something from him but what i what i learned about that by the time i was doing that with him his his health was not good and he wasn't yeah. feeling good so that, that's what that was all about so go ahead what did you want to ask man all right last question for you both greg we'll start with you what's your favorite holiday treat oh my lord There's so many, right? There's so many. Uh, that I guess it would have to be sweet. <laughs> I do <laughs> like my sweets. Uh, okay, okay. My favorite holiday treat is something I never knew about until I married Ruth in '79. Her sister Shirley makes this green stuff. It's called I think it's called Watergate. But back when we first start going to family dinners the kids just call it green shit <laughs> i guess i could can i say that word on here yeah, you yeah. can say whatever you want okay. yeah. it's green shit matter of fact matter of fact I, I posted a picture on facebook one day and, and some of the, the sherry my, my stepdaughter and uh, one of her cousins wrote green shit <laughs> but it's called watergate it's a green it's like, uh, I don't even know how, what to describe it. I love it, but I'll tell you what right now, I'm, I'm on a, because uh, I, I, after I had COVID back in 2020 and, yeah. and I didn't lose taste and smell, I was hitting the refrigerator and eating every sweet thing in there and gained about 25 pounds. So I'm, I'm, I'm not having any treats this Christmas. So. No. Well, yeah. What is it in this green shit? Oh, it's, it's marshmallows. Jello, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look up Watergate. I think <laughs> okay. it's the same, but around here it's called green shit. Give me some green of that green shit. shit. <laughs> you want some green it's shit, a, Jared? It give sounds so good. It's good. Green shit. It's good, man. Oh, you would listen. I'm not eating sweets this Christmas, but I was in Bowling Green today. I went by Riley's. I went by Riley's Bakery. And I came home with a big chocolate cake, uh, <laughs> cookies. So oh Ruth boy. gets Ruth and Eric get to. They'll probably gain about five pounds out of this Christmas anyway. <laughs> you better be well, careful when, when someone hands you when you ask for green shit. That's right. You never know you're going to get these. <laughs> that's Jared, why I guess, you're eating all the Jared, chocolate cake. <laughs> Jared, I guess we'll have to write a song called Green Shit. You're going to have to. But that holiday song, of course. Christmas song. Yeah, maybe we will. Pass that green shit. <laughs> pass that green shit around. Uh, if listen, you say pass green like, shit around. 
If you're going to write a song, write about something you know or you lived. That's all yeah. I got to say. Right. Well, I'm getting right. ideas right now about that green shit. You better. <laughs> I'm, I'm counting on you to do it. My I'm favorite ca- holiday treats that green shit. I got, I, got a, I got a good gospel song for us to write, too, called I'm Jacked Up on Jesus and I'm Going to Summer Shade. I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but we'll figure it out. Jacked Up on Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I like it. Yeah, man. All right, Jared, what's your favorite holiday or Christmas treat? Green shit. Hell, that green shit. <laughs> I thought you were kidding. Are you serious? That Kentucky green shit. <laughs> Kentucky green shit. <laughs> oh, brother. I'm going to have to look this, this recipe up now. Now I'm curious. Oh, no, it ain't no recipe. <laughs> oh, he must, be, he must be thinking about another treat. Yeah, yeah that's what, well. That's I, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, my favorite holiday treats probably bourbon balls. I like those bur- oh. Kentucky bourbon balls. I, I like just them. made some over the weekend. Yeah, I, I like them balls? because uh, <clears throat> my wife doesn't make them. Yeah. Uh, uh, but my mother used to make them when I was a kid, and I'd sneak in there, you know, and get them and eat them, and I, I just thought they were wonderful and. Uh, so anytime I'm around anywhere and somebody's got, I hear the word bourbon balls, I'm like, yeah. bourbon ball, you know, and I, I make it to the bladder. But uh, I think that's my, that's when I know it's Christmas, you know, right. I got a bourbon ball out. It, it, it feels, it, it just what, feels. Right. What is bourbon balls? Uh, Christy, you know what all's in a bourbon ball other than bourbon? Crushed vanilla coffee? wafers, pecans. Hmm. Uh, well, some powder. people put a pecan on on top, you know, cover yeah. it with chocolate. But uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what's what's in there. Uh, but just but if you do look up a recipe, be sure you look up Kentucky bourbon balls. Um, you know, because golly, people get carried away with that stuff now. It's crazy. Yeah, but the good oh, old fashioned bourbon balls would be my. I just made them with my 19 year old son, and then at the end, at the end of it, we took a shot of Kentucky whiskey when we we're done. That we we're using to make the bourbon balls. Yes, you've always got to sample the bourbon if you're making any kind of recipe with bourbon. That's right. <laughs> I like so bourbon. Here's my recipe. I'm going to read it to you guys. One okay. cup crushed vanilla wafers. One cup finely chopped pecans. One cup confectioner's sugar. Two yeah. tablespoons unsweetened cocoa, quarter cup bourbon, and one and a half teaspoons of light corn syrup. And you kind of roll it all together in a ball, then roll it in powdered sugar, put it in a Tupperware container for a couple of days, and then get after it. Well, the powdered sugar part, uh, I've, you know, what what they usually do here is take some form of chocolate and, uh, and melt it. And then okay. they that down in it, it. Set it on a piece of wax paper and that chocolate hardens so it's mm-hmm. kind of a chocolate covered shot of bourbon yeah <laughs> <laughs> and those two things go very well together good mm-hmm. stuff man. And, and if you look up uh, the green shit thing it's i think it's called watergate <laughs> watergate <laughs> salad i think look at up if it's if it's out there i think it is are there like fruits in this too or what i think like, there could be some fruit in there too yeah yeah gotta go- gotta google this now a prune or something in there i don't know why they call it watergate but was it like national lampoon's christmas vacation when the aunt brings her little jello mold green lime jello with cat food in it oh <laughs> my god food. yeah kind of, well you know and this stuff surely 
my, my uh, sister-in-law Shirley used to bring it. That's I'm like, no, this stuff is good, man. I kid you not. Uh, I did have some Thanksgiving in Louisville, but I got to be careful this Christmas. I got to, I've got to get away from the sugar too much. <laughs> That's all. Oh, so it has like pistachio pudding delight. mix in it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just good. But pudding? good, old, good old Kentucky green ship. Cool Whip pineapple. Yeah, yeah, Cool Whip. Yep, yep, yep. That, that actually sounds really good. Now, actually, it really is, man. Grapes. It is good. I guess the Jello is lime flavored. It's got to be. It's green. Yeah, it's green. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that's that's, I'd say it's got lime and pineapple. And golly, yeah. Yeah. What I will do is I'll get Shirley to send me the recipe and we can put it on the site as Kentucky green shit. Yes. Yeah. We, How's that? We will do it. Yes. Yeah, I'll get so, it. I, I'll get it from her. Uh -huh. Does sound good. And by the way, and by the way, if you can find them, get yourself a copy of Rufus Huff, the the, the debut that changed the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Can can I get a physical copy somewhere? I had to stream it. Look on. Let me tell you what. You will be some. You will get one sometime. But right now, the best way to get one is go on eBay, look around, and I, I don't think they're too expensive either. There, uh, some maybe Amazon may have a few left as well, but there is a. We won't get into the uh, legalities of what's going on with this record, but uh, sometime it's going to come back out. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I can get it. Um, eBay, nineteen forty nine. Walmart for seventeen dollars and five cents. So. Walmart had too bad. Walmart, through Walmart. It's yeah, probably a third party. Years ago, uh, that I knew they had. To, what I think what it was was you would order it through Walmart, and Walmart would you know they got it somehow or another. Um, yeah. But, as far as a yeah. physical copy being in Walmart, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I never heard anything about that, but but I've, I've I've heard of people going through Walmart and getting it. You know, back in the day, I don't know about now. Yeah, and if you really enjoy that album, then you want to get a copy of the JJ Kale tribute with Rufus Huff doing Crazy Mama and Cocaine. I'm serious. Now we're not doing what, cocaine. You got you guys shouldn't do cocaine. It's not good for your heart. Yeah, we do the song. We do the, we do the song. We don't do cocaine. We won't go there. We, we're really clean boys these days. We're clean. You know, um, you're talking about a Jolly Fat Man a minute ago. You know, we didn't think we released that on anything, did we? That that was just something. We it is on a little CD for a benefit over in Eastern Kentucky. You remember that? There was a little a little CD released over in Eastern Kentucky. They, uh, D93 has a copy of it. I wish so I different had. bands did a Christmas song. Yeah, it was a Christmas CD, and it's it's no longer in print. It was just in print for a year or two, and uh, that's only yeah. We've never released that. See, that's be something that when magic we do is downloads on that song. What's that now? I said, imagine the downloads on that song. Agree, agree. And that, that, that'll be another thing that we do this uh, re-release of the first album that could be a part of the package. You, yeah. know, that should, you know, that should be on The Eagles did it. That's right. Darth Grinton did. That's Johnny right. Winter did it. The same song. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Dude, here we are marketing right now, aren't we? Oh, no, <laughs> listen. That's why I asked. You come on this spot. podcast, not just to talk. You got to market your stuff, man. It says promotion. That's yeah, right. That's, you got a point there. Yeah. That's how, that's how we pay for you guys to come on to give us your time. We let you guys promote your stuff. You know, people but, say, when are you going to do another album? I say, well, let's get the first one back out in print first with some bonus tracks, and we'll talk about another one. Let's get this done because. It's it's just sitting dormant with another label right now, so we'll fix um, that. We'll t- we'll take care of that. Well, write yeah, Kentucky honestly, Green shit, and that's your one of your bonus tracks. Has to be on there. I got a feeling there's going to be something happening out of that. And, and I think Jared was asking me about this. Uh, remember that, Jared? Was you remember me asking about you asking about this uh, Oklahoma blues? Did we do Did one on that too? We're, yeah, our, our, our two uh, J.J. Kell songs are on here. Oh, that's what that's on? It's weird. It's on. This was in England. This was over in Europe. Oh, it yeah, was, I remember that, yeah. And, yeah. and the, our release... I've got in, that. Yeah, okay, good. And our release over in Europe was a different... Entirely, you remember, it was a different cover. It yeah, looked, it's actually you know, the back of that one, isn't it? I, I, yeah, that's right. Yep, it was yeah. different. I've got the... Uh, I've got both of them out there. Well... I've got the cover to the American version, but the CD got locked up in Christie's stereo. But I've got the European one out yeah, there. That's yeah. the one I've listened to. Oh, another thing that me and Jared did years ago. Uh, you have to help me, Jared. We did that trapeze song, Monkey. Mountain of Power. Mountain of Power. Check that out. Huh. One star. I actually, I actually met him over there. We we yeah. had. It was cool. yeah. Check it out, Mountain of Power, Monkey. Me and Jared's on there. It's a really heavy track, actually. Pretty oh cool. My gosh, yeah. It was. It was. It's a. Well, you said it. It's a trapeze cover. Yeah, but it is. Sure is. Check it out, guys. You know, Glenn I'm told me Station all over the place, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I got it up on YouTube. I found it. I just found it. Monkey by Mountain of Power on YouTube. Yeah, check it out, man. Check it out. I think you guys will like it. Hey, but Rufus Huff's coming back, man. We we had to take a little break. We took went on sabbatical, sabbatical, Black Sabbatical. That ain't right. Black Sabbath. That's a cool. That's a cool band name too. Black Sabbatical. <laughs> that's the way names happen around here, man. Right? Yeah, we come up. Yeah, they just come out of the air, but. uh you know, hey, we're this little thing next week. We're just doing, uh, you know, our little set, and then when the right opportunity comes around again, we'll do it again. You know, we don't. Our saying is, we don't serve the huff before it's time. Well, what is it, Jared we used to say? We don't serve wine before it's time. Yeah. So the huff, we will give the huff when it's time, right? Well, somebody needs to come to Ohio, Greg. Either. Whichever band you're in at the time, just come to Ohio. Well, well, Huff will someday. You know, there's places we will if it it just gotta make sense. I mean, yeah, it's what I was saying a while ago. Back in we put this band together, Richard was really working hard on getting Blackstone Cherry a record deal. And we the headhunters were working quite a bit, but we weren't working as much. And I don't know, somewhere about five years ago, four or five years ago, well, not 2020, nobody did anything then, but we just got busier, you know. Uh, but then we, then, hey, our manager has it under, he's got our back. He'll, he'll let us know what we're going to need to do. Right. And he's up there. He, we don't, 
we don't well yeah we do pay a commission <laughs> we tithe to him <laughs> yeah that, that's a 10 percent cut or whatever that's right brother that's right we got a good manager actually too yeah well hey i think merry christmas to everybody and god merry bless christmas merry yeah christmas. and uh everybody be safe out there i was supposed to go to louisville thursday and i was supposed to play a benefit i don't even know what i'm doing i'm playing 40 different people uh everything from surf music to punk rock but i don't know man this weather i think this weather. weather's get really bad here i don't know if i'll make it up there or not so yeah well i'm not sure i'm sure jared's gonna stay around scott's for aren't you jared yeah i'm gonna be around here well you guys yep. all be safe though for sure and ryan i know with you in north dakota you're probably getting slammed oh, God. I, I always chuckle a little bit when i hear somebody talk about the weather like, yeah, you know brian you do have rough you have a rough it's, it's but... frozen frozen death outside yeah <laughs> what, even... what's the temperature we What's don't the use temp temperatures when it gets so slow. We just say it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, cold. you're right, right. You're used to it's it. It's cold outside. Yeah, well, <laughs> MF. Yeah, there you go, man. MF. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much to Greg Martin and Jared England, Rufus Huff, uh, doing a jam session. Don't call it a reunion. They're getting yeah. together and they're not going to fight. So thank you so much, guys. <laughs> we don't fight. Merry Christmas. Thank you to Greg Martin. Thank you to Jared England. And thank you for telling us all about green shit. Green shit. We now know a green shit, Kentucky green shit, or AKA Watergate. Not as cool of a name. Um, I'm, I, we got to get this recipe, Brian. We'll post it. I want to make it. Yeah. You know, at first I thought they were talking about like, there's, you know, green jello and there's marshmallows. Yeah. In it. But I think yeah. this stuff's also called like pistachio delight. Yeah. That's what I was looking at too. So it's like pistachio jello whipped cream, uh, marshmallows, a couple other things thrown in there. Sounds actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, green shit and bourbon balls. And bourbon balls. I, well, which I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, I think bourbon balls are either a Southern thing or an old like 70s, 80s thing. And it kind of died out. And I'll get to the point. I got this recipe through a dude I, I, I follow on social media who does a lot of nostalgia, like a lot of 80s related stuff. And he had a bourbon balls, a bourbon balls recipe from Leslie Ann Warren that she made every Christmas. And I, Leslie Ann Warren's probably known best for playing Miss Scarlet in the Clue movie, but she was all, you know, she was all over stuff in the 70s, 80s and 90s. <laughs> so uh, as usual, when we talk to Greg, we get to hear yeah, I think I, we heard even more about the Kentucky history of Kentucky rock and roll music scene. Um, and, and James Kotak, who played in Kingdom Come. Yeah. And Scorpions, hell? like, somehow was involved in. Buster Brown. Buster or, Brown, yeah. Right, when they were became more of a glam band. I liked Kingdom Come. I would never have guessed in a million years Kingdom Come would ever come up on one of our podcasts. Yeah, right. Well, you know, they did try to be like Zeppelin, so musically. They were very, very Zeppelin-y, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've got that first album on cassette somewhere in my basement. Oh, really? <laughs> I do. With with uh, Get It On and What Love Can Be and a couple other tracks, sure. I think I'd still have some cassettes somewhere. I got a shoebox full of cassettes. Even my wife, who has like 
there's Debbie Gibson and new kids on the block and like uh, Travis Tritt and some like real country stuff, not bro country. Well, I actually have a cassette player on this, you know, like the, what are your target at Walmart when they started making these like old school looking stereos, you know, and that's like when, before I got my good tabletop, my turntable, I was using, I just bought it for the record, (laughs) the record player. And like it's, you know, it's a Walmart target cheapies the records going like this. Yeah. <laughs> but this so I got a real turntable, but the, the rest of the thing is good, you know, CD yeah. player, radio, and a cassette. Tapes player. are coming back, man. People are releasing new stuff on tapes again. Like it's all yeah, coming back. Yeah, yeah. Where did I see <laughs> it's that? a thing? I can't remember. And I'm sorry, but tapes are, are not a media I want to go back to. I, I do get some records, some vinyl, because it's there's kind of cool because you know the album inserts and all that stuff better. Tapes, they diminish over time. That, and they're just a pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, you can't just, boom, click to the next song. No, you can't, can't or drop the needle needle. on the next track. You know, I'll always love CDs for that, streaming and vinyl, but man, cassette tapes, I just, not happening for me. (laughs) It was hard to get away from that hiss. It is, yeah. Yeah, then God help you if your tape deck eats your cassette tape and yeah. you got to get oh. your pencil out to try to salvage it. <laughs> oh, the youth of today yeah. will never understand wow. the pain that wow. we had to go through to listen to music. Okay, so Rufus Huff is playing this get-together at Jambodians. You guys, uh, you know, will hear all the details. I've already heard all the details in uh, towards the end of that, and we're going to post all that stuff. And we there is something on the page right now, but... Uh, um there's just so many highlights when you talk to guys from kentucky it's like what can you say but always great to talk to greg always puts a smile on my face brian it's like i don't care whatever reason we have to talk to greg i'll take it so yeah you guys will get uh you guys got this episode and then after this on christmas eve you get our uh guitarist christmas special with leilani and jackson aaron so uh just I'm gonna say Merry Christmas to everybody and always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. All right, I won't tell you a true story that happened to me one night on Christmas Eve. Chimney and woke me and my wife.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 